Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. Well, welcome, Refuge. Welcome to all of uh, the people that have come. If you're here for the first time, my name is, uh, can I say this, Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here. And I believe that uh, God wants to do something significant in your life today. He wants to do something maybe even closer to the side of being radical. But we, we need to let God get radical with us to do something significant with our lives so that we won't stay in the ruts, we won't stay in the gutter, we won't stay in the place where we become stagnant and where we fail to receive the purpose which he intended for us to receive and, and live out that purpose as well. Uh, this morning, I, I need to make an announcement. And I guess it's not really an announcement. It's just sharing with you that James Nowak, my father-in-law, passed away this past week of um, respiratory failure at uh, Spirus Hospital in Wausau. And, uh, you know, it, that's a hard thing because this thing came upon him suddenly. We didn't expect to see him go so soon, but he did. And uh, talking with Deb, you know, we really have come to a conclusion that it wasn't just uh, dying from respiratory failure, but he also died of a broken heart. Since the passing of his wife, Jean, which is uh, just a year ago, uh, coming up on the anniversary of, of her passing, uh, there's not a day that has gone by that he hasn't expressed just how much he misses her. And his life hasn't been the same. Um, I think the hardest thing in life is to lose someone we love. But when we look at this from an eternal perspective as believers, we have the hope and comfort knowing where Jim is. And, and we know he's with Jesus. Uh, several years ago, Deb and I prayed with him to accept the Lord uh, during a time that he was actually diagnosed with uh, emphysema. And, uh, you know, he didn't know if he was going to make it through that episode. But God met him at that point and brought him through. But we can remember praying for him because he, he was fearful. He had no peace. And we just simply asked him, hey, would you like to make your peace with God? And he did. He received Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we're comforted in knowing that Jim is with Jesus. And, and some of you may have met him. Uh, maybe you've seen him on the lawnmower. He mowed the lawn back here in our field and just uh, was a, a real man that really cared. He was a talker. He was very social. If you got around him, he would talk about something. And I believe he was like one of the best storytellers. If he would have been a preacher, he would have been a good one because he loved to tell stories. And what was amazing about him, because when people get older, he, was 80, he died at 82. When people get older, a lot of times they repeat themselves over and over. They tell the same stories. And, but he didn't. He always would tell a different story. Uh, the man was amazing in just so many ways. And, and so we're going to miss him dearly. Uh, Jim impacted my life in, in, in many ways. And, and for that, I'm grateful. Um, and one of the things that we are going to do, the Celebration of Life service is tomorrow morning at St. Mary Church in Marathon. And uh, the service is at 1130. 
but we'll be providing transportation. We'll take the refuge van. We'll be leaving here at around 9.45 a.m. The visitation is from 9 to the time of the service, but if you're able to come, you're welcome to join us. If you can't, we understand you have to work and all that, uh, but we're going to miss Jim dearly. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I like to say this um, at every funeral or every celebration of life service. Um, it hurts to lose someone you love. Um, and if you don't hurt, it's because you really haven't loved. And so this, this hurts, but yet we're comforted in knowing where Jim is. And we were privileged to be by his side when he took his last breath. And that was so precious because he died so peacefully. And we know that he's with Jesus and we're comforted by that reality of truth. So, amen. So, for that reason, I'm not going to share any humor this morning with you. No jokes um, in light of, of that. I just don't believe it's appropriate. But I, I do want to just comment, uh, Michaela, I talked about 21 days of prayer. Uh, this is day seven of 21 days of prayer. And each day we have a prayer focus. And we want to share that with you. And, and really, 21 days of prayer is a time for us to intentionally seek God and trust in his power to create a lasting impact in our lives. And I believe when we start the year to put God first, this is one way that we can reset, we can recalibrate, we can really take God's download in our life to give us focus and perspective for the new year. And, and I believe that the prayer element allows us to communicate with God at a more intimate level as we increase and grow in our faith. And so I want to challenge you. How is your devotional time? Make sure you're committing time with the Lord. And Tuesday night, if you can be here for prayer at 6, the corporate prayer is a great thing. But your individual devotional time is also important as you read the word and spend time in prayer. And um, I think uh, although with prayer we call the church to fast, that's really a spiritual next step. Uh, as we bring and receive rest, uh, fresh revelation to our life. Fasting actually allows us to draw closer to God and, and actually removing distractions and sometimes our appetites where we sacrifice something to gain something else. We're gaining time with God. And uh, we fast what we desire so we can receive from God what we desire more. Because Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desire of your heart. See, we need God's desires. We need to forsake our desire and exchange them for God's desire. And God wants to give you the desires of your heart, his desire for your life. And so uh, 21 Days of Prayer incorporates the Daniel Fast. And you can refer to the brochure. If you haven't picked one up, we have these available for you. And, or you can go online at wearerefuge.net slash 21 Days to find the eating plan. And also you can visit a Facebook group called Daniel Fast Recipes Fresh Start that was started by Becky Cresson, a member of Refuge. And it has like 3,600 followers, uh, but there's all kinds of recipes. It's amazing what you can do with food. And some of you ladies, you're very creative with, with uh, Daniel Fast Recipes. And so uh, it's really an eating plan, and, and you can adjust that to your situation, 
and uh, there's no condemnation. If you are eating a steak in front of me, I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm, my, uh, <laughs> I might be savoring and my mouth might be watering, uh, but I will be disciplined not to grab it and take a bite of it myself, okay? And so Daniel 9.3 says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting. So we incorporate prayer and fasting together. Our daily prayer focus, in fact, each day, if you go online, you can find our daily prayer focus. The, the abbreviated format is in the brochure. But each day, as you read the selected verse, consider journaling and taking some time to, as you meditate on the Scripture to write down your thoughts of what God is giving you and ask yourself these three important questions. What does this tell me about God as far as the daily prayer focus? Secondly, what does this tell me about myself? And then thirdly, how will this change my life if I took it seriously? So those are just some suggestions. Uh, today's prayer focus uh, is the church and your connection to the body of Christ. And I think that's a great uh, focus, especially when we're gathered here together today as a body of believers. And the scripture associated with this prayer focus is found in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. And it reads, for we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And so when we pray this morning, we want to pray concerning this prayer focus. Your connection to the local church is vital. You have a place, you have a part, you have a role to play in the body of Christ. You are significant. As an individual, you have a voice, you have a role, you have a purpose to serve in the kingdom of God. And, and we're thankful for that. We're thankful for every one of you that has decided to connect yourself, to be a part of this church and this vision as we reach our community and, and as we reach our world for Jesus. Uh, just giving you an update for the Kingdom Builders 2020 gift pledge, gift slash pledge. Our target areas going into this year are people, projects, and property. And you've heard me say this time and time again. When everyone does their part, every need is met. We simply want you to be inspired to do your part, whatever that is. Uh, there's pledge cards, and what we've received so far is $17,266 in pledges and gift, cash gifts uh, to, the, to date. And so we're thankful for that. And uh, our goal is $170,000 above and beyond your regular giving because we don't want to just maintain in 2020. We want to gain forward movement as we accomplish certain projects and get some stuff done as we continue to reach our community for Jesus. Amen. And so, uh, and another thing uh, we just received, and this is kind of a side note, we received some quality queen uh, box springs and mattresses and king box springs and mattresses and beds from the Century Residential Center, uh, this, uh, the Century World uh, Complex there right across the street. They have a residential center. They're tearing that down. But before they tore it down, they contacted uh, local nonprofits, and so we ended up with a lot of beds and mattresses. So we're going to make them available 
first and foremost to the body of refuge. And uh, we'll be using the proceeds and, and we'll be selling them at a very uh, a fraction of the cost of what they're worth. They're great quality mattresses and beds. We'll sell them at a fraction of the cost of what they're worth. And they're only, they're less than two years old because they just renovated everything over there. So this almost like brand new stuff. Uh, we'll make them available to you. And the proceeds will go towards um, this goal for the 170000 to meet that objective. So uh, just to let you know that. And you can contact the church office if you're interested. And we'll set a time where you can come and um, get your beds. Okay? How does that sound? Anyway. <laughs> Never hear that in church. Okay? Lean over to your neighbor. Boy, now they're getting rid of beds. Well. You know, there's nothing better than a good mattress to get a good night's sleep. Don't need to say anything more. Okay. All right. How many of you are ready for the word? We're going to get into the message this morning. Amen. Uh, we're talking about Generations 2020. And in particular this morning, we want to talk about the limitless God. And it's my desire to convey a greater understanding and a desire for you to encounter the limitless God that we serve. We have begun a new year, a new decade, a new series. <laughs> 2020 is before us. And what outlook do we have? Now, are you a pessimist or optimist? Maybe some of you see opportunity. Maybe others see catastrophe. Maybe some of you see good things happening. Maybe some of you can only see bad things happening. Your outlook is important. But when you consider the factor of a limitless God, it will change your outlook. And, and that's really what we want to talk about this morning. Uh, this month, we're casting vision for 2020. God has given us certain directives that I believe he wants us to be obedient, to embrace and live out and carry out this year. And that's, it's my desire, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to effectively communicate to you God's vision and his purpose for what we're going to be doing this year in 2020. Um, <clears throat> I believe that God wants not only to give us as a church clarity of vision, he wants to give you as individuals clarity of vision for your personal lives. Do you believe that? I believe that. Now, on January 22nd, we'll be celebrating 36 years of ministry as a church. And I'm going to talk more specifically on vision next Sunday before our anniversary. Now, many, it's interesting as you look, you see all the, the blogs, you see the, the uh, slogans, you see the themes out there. Uh, many are capitalizing on the 2020 vision theme, okay? And... Um, Obviously, 2020 is a term that most of us are familiar with. 2020 is a term used to express normal vision acuity. Now, acuity is simply the clarity or sharpness of vision. That's what acuity means. Now, normal 2020 vision is measured at a distance of 20 feet. Now, maybe some of you didn't know this. Now, if you have 2100 vision, it means that you must be as close as 20 feet 
to see what a person with normal vision can see at 100 feet. Okay? Now, before I had LASIK surgery, my vision was 2200. So do the math on that one. I mean, I had to be really close to recognize who you are. In fact, sitting or standing up here, even on the front row, I wouldn't be able to recognize who you are or who you, you know, are because unless I had my glasses on or, but I had LASIK surgery. And after I had LASIK surgery, my eye doctor, Dr. Imes, a great brother in Christ and a great friend that is now moved away to another state with his practice. He's, he said, you know, Pastor, you have 2015 vision. Ooh, well, that's, I like that. Uh, now, um, I don't know if anyone else has 2015 vision, but I never really heard that before. But that's pretty good. But that was a few years ago, so maybe it's not uh, quite the same now. Now, I believe God wants us to see further and to see more clearly in 2020. And that's what 2020 vision is all about. And I, there, there's people, there are people that are nearsighted and there are people who are farsighted. And often they need prescription glasses to help them see more clearly. And we may need prescription lenses or LASIK surgery today in order to see more clearly or to envision what God has for us for this year. Psalms 119, 89, and 90. We're going to pray after we read this. But this is the theme, kind of like the theme verse of the year. It says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Verse 90, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time to gather as a church family. We thank you for the ministry of your word. And Father, we thank you for 21 days of prayer, and we thank you for today's prayer focus. As we pray for the body of Christ, as we pray for the church, as we pray, Father, concerning our connection to the body, Lord, that you would confirm and reveal and make known our role and our place to serve and function in your body. That each of us, Father, would recognize that you've called us, that you've placed us here to serve your purpose. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We thank you uh, for peace, Father, for our family and for Deb's family concerning the loss of Jim. We thank you, Lord, that you, the God of comfort, minister comfort to those who grieve. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for those that have come here today. And I pray, Father, that you help me to communicate effectively your word, to inspire, to encourage, and to challenge them in the purpose that you've called them for. In Jesus' name, we thank you for, for refuge, this church, oh God, and all that you desire to do. We acknowledge that Jesus Christ is building this church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so for 2020, we will explore and discover God's faithfulness at a whole new level. And it's something that we intend to communicate all year long. 
in our series and our messages and what we communicate from this platform, we're going to be talking about God's faithfulness in the context of his faithfulness to every generation. Every generation we see in this passage uh, is affected by God's faithfulness. In fact, it extends to every generation. In, in this particular verse, in the ESV version, it says it endures to every generation. His faithfulness in other translations, one says extends to every generation. That means it's far-reaching. And so we believe that whether you're an infant, a child, a teen, a young adult, an older adult, or a senior citizen, that God's faithfulness extends in that generation. And so we're going to be talking about, uh, in this series, a little bit about generations and the the dynamics of them. And I believe that uh, we're going to gain some understanding and revelation from the Word as well. And I have a slide here that says, His faithfulness is an expression of His limitless power. We serve a limitless God. His faithfulness is an expression of his limitless power. His faithfulness endures, it flows, it continues, it extends. Now, a question we may have to ask ourselves. What will we give to the next generation that follows us? And and we realize, uh, are we willing to pass and able to pass on the baton? A baton is a short stick or tube that is passed to another runner in a race because we're in this race. And generationally, we need to be passing the baton as I continue to age gracefully. Amen. I can't be up here all the time. I have to be willing to pass the baton. That's why we're reaching out and and bringing other people to this platform to minister the word. So you won't just be hearing from my generation. I'm I'm a baby boomer. And and we have some millennials out there, some um, X and all those other gens, and we're going to talk about some of that in weeks to come. But are we willing to pass on the baton? We need to. Generations 2020 is really about generational transfer. What will we transfer from one generation to the next? Because a move of God can be lost from one generation to the next, and it can become a move of God that brings revival to a city, to a community, to a nation, can end up becoming a religious, you know, a a religion. It can become still. It can become dead and dry if it's not passed on to the next generation and next generation traditionally they just walk through the motions and they carry on the traditions without the move of the spirit of god now generational impact this question how can we impact generations that's what we want to do this year i believe it starts with a willingness to enlist in partnership with a limitless god amen it starts by a willingness for you to enlist. You know, in our country, we have a military, and you're not, we're not mandated to serve our military. It's a voluntary army. It's the same in the kingdom of God. We serve in a voluntary army. 
we need to enlist in what God's doing. And see, you can live in this country. You don't have to enlist in the service or the armed forces. But yet in the kingdom of God, there's a greater mandate for us too. Now, there was a time in this country was a mandatory service. You had to enlist in the army. They had this thing called the draft. And if you were drafted, that means, you know, you had to do your duty. Other countries, they do their service to the nation and the military. Now, we serve a limitless God. God is infinite. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-capable. There are no limits restricting him. None. Yet, despite him, followers tend to minimize God's unlimited power in their lives. And that's sad. People limit God through their wrong thinking. See, it's time to encounter the unlimited, all-powerful, almighty God. And see, God wants to reveal himself. He wants to display himself. And one of the things that we want to see is, is God's unlimited power put on display and be revealed and demonstrated through our lives, how we live, how we act, how we encounter with those in the outside world. Psalms 145, verses 3 and 4, it says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Now, that word unsearchable simply means you can continue to search it, but you'll never come to the end of it because there's more to discover about God's greatness. And if you spend eternity searching out his gratefulness, you'll never come to a place where you've come to the end of it. Because there'll still be something you haven't discovered, something you haven't seen, something you haven't experienced, because God's greatness is unsearchable. And that goes along with being unlimited. There's no limits to his greatness. Verse 4. Now, the context of this is right within the generations that we're talking about. Notice verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That is passing the baton. Being concerned about what's happening in refuge kids, knowing that this is a generation that's being raised up under us. We can't ignore them. We have to minister to them. We have to pass it on to them. We have to tell them of God's marvelous works so that they can experience what you've experienced in your connection and relationship with God, your encounter with him. We must pass it on. Generation, actually, the Message Bible in Psalms 145.4 reads this way. Generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. In other words, we tell the stories, we tell what we see in the scriptures, the parables of Jesus. We teach them, we train them. Now realize there is no limit to what God can do. There's no limit to what God can do. Uh, in the Psalms 147, just a couple chapters away from Psalms 145, in verses 4 and 5, it says, He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Wow. And I bet he doesn't forget their name either. I have a tendency sometimes to forget people's names, and that, that bothers me. 
That really troubles me if I forget your name. So forgive me if I forget your name. But God doesn't forget anyone's name. He counts the numbers, the number of the stars, and, and, and they've scientifically tried to number the stars, and, and it's innumerable. You know, uh, there's a lot of them out there, billions and trillions and millions and upon billions times whatever, okay? Um, he calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Notice to his understanding, there is no limit. That's the evangelical heritage version of the Bible. To his understanding, there is no limit. The ESV version for verse 5 says, Great is the Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. You can't even measure it. It's immeasurable. The Message Bible of Psalms 147 verse 5 says, Our Lord is great with limitless strength. We'll never comprehend what he knows and does. See, through the word I'm trying to help you to see God's limitless power, his limitless nature. In Jeremiah 32, 17, it says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. If God created this whole earth, this whole universe, by his outstretched arm, can he provide for your next meal? Is there anything too hard for you? Wow. There's nothing too difficult for him. And so this year we're going to talk about creation and contrast that in light of what God can do in our lives today. Limiting God. As I said, there's no limit on what God can do, yet we can limit him. Look at this statement. God's power is limitless. But did you know that you can limit the power of God from operating in your life? You can limit him. Even though he has unlimited power, you can limit him. Why do we put limits on the limitless God? Why do we put limits on the limitless God? Psalms 78, 41. I want to share, before I read this, I want to share the backdrop of this. The children of Israel who had witnessed God moving with the ten plagues of Egypt and preserving and protecting them when this judgment is falling upon a wicked nation. And then God tops it off by splitting the Red Sea and letting them pass through on dry ground. And then after they cross over, the, the, the Red Sea comes back to place, and the army of the Egyptians and their chariots are all drowned. I mean, they saw water coming out of a rock. They saw manna fall from heaven. They saw the miraculous. They witnessed it firsthand. But look what the Scripture says in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Even though they had witnessed great miracles, signs, and wonders, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Why? Because they were prone to grumble and complain, and they were so full of negativity and it actually stopped God from accomplishing all that 
he wanted to do in their lives because he wanted to do so much more. He wanted to get them to the promised land, but many of them perished in the wilderness because of their unbelief, because of their attitude. And, and we look at that as an example, and we need to ask ourselves, Lord, am I like the children of Israel that grumbled and complained and limited you? Something that I've come to realize as I was preparing this passage, uh, a realization of how much personally I am limiting God in my own life. Even regarding this ministry, as I've been looking over this and praying over this message, I am guilty of limiting God. And for that today, I publicly repent. I've been limiting God. And, you know, even though we believe and we know that nothing is impossible with God, we haven't lived life with that truth, with that revelation. And, and I, I believe, you know, when we ask the why, uh, maybe our understanding is limited in ways or our perception of a situation, you know, is skewed. Uh, maybe we've been disappointed because we've seen something not happen that we were believing God would happen. Maybe because of failures and letdowns, uh, not to mention my own inadequacies or our own inadequacies, uh, we, we just have not tapped into the limitless God that we serve. And, and so I want to help you with this. Um, first of all, when we address inadequacy, because sometimes, you know, we feel inadequate. We feel like we can't do this. But when you say, I can't do this, realize that you're limiting God. When the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that was Paul saying that. He recognized that his ability and his capability to do something was in the strength that God would provide. That it wasn't just him having to do it on his own, but that he could tap into a greater strength that was not in himself or of himself, but it was of God. And, and the same is with us. And, you know, um, and so there's a scripture I want to share this with you, Second Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, because you may not feel adequate. You may not feel sufficient in yourself to do something significant. But it says in Second Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So he makes me adequate. He makes me sufficient to do what he wants me to do. See, when you say, I can't live for Jesus, you're limiting God. When you say, I can't get up there and preach or witness to somebody, or I can't serve in children's ministry, you're limiting God. You're limiting God anytime you say, I can't, because the scripture says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. See, another realization, I realize that I've been more like Thomas rather than Peter. See, Peter walked on water at Jesus' command. 
he did something supernatural. Now he started to sink and Jesus saved him, but at least he walked in water. We have to give him credit for that, right? But Thomas said, after Jesus was raised from the dead, because he, he, was, he missed church that morning for whatever reason. So don't miss church. You don't know what you're going to miss out on. So Jesus shows up and the, the disciples and the, uh, are gathered together. And where's Thomas? Who knows? Maybe he slept in that morning. I don't know. But everybody's telling Thomas, Jesus is alive. We got to see him. And even though he had testimony of all the other disciples, he said, I don't believe it. And I won't believe it unless I can put my hand in the nail print in his hand and, and, and this, uh, the spirit in the side and, and see him. And so, well, he showed up for church next Sunday. And a week later, Jesus showed up again. <laughs> and in John 20, 29, when Jesus addressed Thomas specifically in light of this, in light of his unbelief, he said, have you believed? Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, Thomas said, that he would not believe until he would see. In fact, his concept was seeing is believing, but that's not the concept that God wants us to have because for us, believing is seeing. And that's where we need to be at when we consider a limitless God. And see, he wants to do so much more in your life, so much more in your life. He wants to do so much more in your situation or whatever circumstance that you may be facing today. See, a crime I believe that every one of us has committed or is committing is we're guilty of limiting God. And God wants to do for us and through us far more than what we can possibly imagine. And let me prove it to you. Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21. Many of you may be familiar with this passage and it says, now to him who is able, this is speaking of God, to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. One translation says, imagine, according to the power that works within us. In other words, it's his power working in us that allows him to do far more than what we can imagine, what we can even think. Verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So God can do far more than what you can even think, what you can ask for, even what you can desire. God can do far more, far more. So maybe meditate on that passage when you get discouraged and begin to believe that God is able and he's also willing to do far more than what we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. <coughs> Romans 8.32 is another passage I love. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In other words, God's not withholding anything from you. He's, now, he doesn't want to give you something 
that's going to corrupt you or hurt you or harm you. He's going to withhold that from you. But he's not withholding any promise from you. He's not withholding what you have need of to succeed in your calling, what you need to be successful as a mom or a dad or in your business or in your career. He's not going to withhold from you anything. Why? Because he gave his very best to you. He gave you Jesus. Amen. Now, Hebrews 11.6, when we look at that, we see faith is what activates God's limitless power. And I want, as I bring this to close, I want to share this with you. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Write down this statement if you're taking notes. <coughs> faith allows us to live in this limited life in an unlimited way. Faith in God, faith in his promises is capable of removing the limitations that you face, the limitations that someone has set on you, the limitations that you've encountered. How do we increase faith? Well, that's an easy one. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is faith food. As you feed on the word, your faith will grow. As you study, as you read, as you search out the scriptures, your faith will grow. Your capacity to receive will, will increase and the limitations will go that have restricted you. Now, when we have a revelation of a limitless God, vision becomes attainable. When God gives a vision, I believe vision is intended to get us moving and keep us moving in the direction God has for us. And God's vision is vast. It's vast. It's immense. It's huge. It's massive. It's bigger than what you think is possible. God wants to do so much more in this city through refuge than what we can imagine. And I want to close by sharing a little story here. Uh, back in 1994, the Lord gave us a directive, and we began construction on the building that houses Stevens Point Christian Academy. And we, we called it the training center as we were building it and constructing it because we believe it was a, a place that would train children and people uh, for the work of God and, and prepare them for the call of God upon their life. And Stevens Point Christian Academy uh, is in that building right now. And that building was built debt-free. And, and, you know, at that time, I was guilty of limiting God, too, because people were saying, we need, we need to build a school building. We were crammed in this building. We actually had uh, a portable uh, classroom units out here. And so we were cramped. We were outgrowing this space. And um, one day I walked out this back door, and I looked, and I saw... Mr. Brill, uh, one of the teachers back there who's now retired, uh, and he had his students praying on the ground where the building now stands. And they were, they were pleading before God and praying and declaring that God was going to provide that there would be a building and a facility to house Stevensburg Christian Academy. And when I saw that, I was convicted. 
And then around that time, he and his wife sent a, a donation into the church, uh, which was earmarked for the school building, for the training center. And uh, our accountant at that time talked to me, said, what do I do with this? I said, well, let's put it in the account. And then the Spirit of God really started dealing with me. And as I sought God in prayer, the Lord said, it's time to build. It's, it's time to believe that I'm limitless in your life and I can do this thing. And we set out in that project and we refused to borrow money. And God met us at every level. I can remember we raised enough money to pay for the blueprints, to pray uh, for the site development as far as the design. And we, we just had a little bit to start the foundation. And, you know, that project stretched me. Uh, Daniel, I believe at the time, I can remember because we were like the second year of construction because we, we built as the money came in. And I'm walking with him out there as a toddler and we're praying over those grounds and declaring God's provision and praying that, God, you will provide. And there were times in that project where we needed $50,000 within two weeks. I'm saying, God, how is this going to be? Where is this coming from? This congregation is already tapped out. But God met us at every level, every level. There were three financial institutions in this community that contacted me. They saw that we had started the project. We put up a big sign in front that said, Building Debt Free. And underneath it, it said, Financed by the Charitable Gifts of God's People. Philippians 419, which is, My God shall supply all the needs according to His riches glory through Christ Jesus. And I can remember that as, as people drove by, you know, because you go by a construction project, you, you, you see the sign of the bank that's financed it. So I thought we need to have a sign showing that God's going to finance this through his people. And so three financial institutions says, Pastor, we will provide the finances you need if you want us to. We, we want your business. Come and see us. And I tell them every time, no, sorry. Now, that was a temptation. Because there were times like, oh, we could get this thing finished. You know something? That was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Volunteers came. A lot of sweat equity went into that facility. But it stands today as a building that was built debt-free. And I think one of the appraisals that was valued over like $900,000. Debt-free. And I can remember the times I struggled in agony. Oh, God. But I discovered God's unlimited provision in meeting and supplying our need. So when I look at this year, I say 170000 for this year-end and, and forward gift pledge thing. That's nothing. That's small. God can do that to those that are willing. See, you need to discover God's unlimited power in your life to provide and supply. Because if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. Amen. So don't allow your circumstances, your situation, or your past diminish the vastness of God's vision he has for you. Psalms 33:11 says, The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. I want to ask you this question. What is God speaking to you through this message this morning? 
maybe you've surveyed your life and evaluated maybe there's areas where you've limited God where you haven't really believed him like you could or like you should and trusting him in a situation or circumstance sometimes we reach out to God when we've reached out for everything else and it's the last resort rather than the first resort but if you're here today as we close this service I believe God's going to encounter you with a greater understanding and revelation of his limitless power because he wants that to be put on display in your life he really does he wants you to encounter him in his unlimited power in your life we serve a limitless God in closing I want to extend an invitation to you for those of you that may be here and you say pastor I really don't know that my life is right with God if I were to die I'm not certain that I would go to heaven maybe you have questions maybe you have concerns maybe you've come here today and you're looking for answers Jesus will help you discover the answers you need so that your life can be made whole so that the brokenness can be healed in your life I believe that Jesus saw the world in a very different way than most people see it when he came to this world he saw the conflict he saw the state of mankind that they were incapable of saving themselves so he did that for us through his death on the cross he paid your debt of sin your ransom he died on the cross so in exchange for that by your faith in him you can receive salvation you can receive forgiveness of sins you can receive the gift of eternal life the price that he paid for you I want you just to bow your head in this moment if you're here today and you say pastor I'm uncertain that my life is right with God I'm willing to surrender to Jesus today Maybe you need to recommit your life to him. Maybe you need to come back. Maybe you haven't been following him as you should. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want you to lift your hand and say, I, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I want to commit my life to him. I'm willing to repent for my sins and receive the gift of eternal life. If that's you this morning, lift your hand. Okay. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. And what I call a believer's prayer is a prayer that we pray when we believe in Jesus, when we put our trust in Him, when we put our hope in Him, the one who died for you on the cross. He did it because of his great love for you. He did not want to see you perish and go to hell, but he wanted you to experience eternity with him. Repeat this prayer after me if you would. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you and I put my faith in Jesus. I put my trust in him. Jesus, I cannot save myself so I put my trust in you. 
and accept you as my Savior and receive you as my Lord. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn away. And I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now just talk to him in your own words. Talk to him in your own words. Thank you, Father, for the gift of eternal life. Now, Father, we pray for everyone here today under the sound of my voice. I pray that you give them a greater revelation of your unlimited power. That they would come to know you as the limitless God that can work wonders among them. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for your limitless power that can lift us from depression, that can deliver us from fear, that can break every addiction, that can destroy every stronghold, that can address every adversity that would come our way. We thank you, Father, that nothing can separate us from your love. We welcome and acknowledge your limitless power now in Jesus' name. Just do that right now. Acknowledge him as a limitless God in your life. He is the Lord of glory. He is the God who created this universe. His power is limitless and he's extending it to you. Now, Father, forgive us for limiting you. Let us not be guilty of limiting you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen. Well, let's worship God together. And thank you so much for being so attentive to the word this morning. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.net.